Hello, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Tyson Cobb, and as always, it is such a blessing and an honor to be with you. Today, we're going to look at what Jesus told the disciples right after he had risen from the dead and what his immediate instructions were for them. And they're not exactly what you might think. If you're following along with us, we will be in Acts chapter 1. The first part of Acts tells us about Jesus' ascension. Jesus has been risen from the dead. For 40 days, he has walked and talked with his disciples, and he has appeared to over 500 of them. Now, during this time, Jesus did three things. Number one is, he convinced his disciples without a shadow of a doubt that he had risen from the dead. Number two, he comforted them concerning the future. Number three, he commissioned them to go to all the world and to preach the gospel. On that day on the Mount of Olives, before he ascended to heaven, the disciples were gathered around. And if Jesus had been this modern day motivational speaker or psychological motivator, this might have been the time that Jesus said, okay, now you have seen the proof. Go to the world and, and tell them about the good news. Go and tell them about the love that God has done for them. But Jesus does something quite different. Jesus tells them to wait. We see here in verse 4, the Bible reveals that Jesus didn't tell them to go. He says, wait. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. In verse 8 it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He is saying, wait, wait for the promise of the Father. Now listen, the thing is the disciples... They were not equipped to go out and do what the Lord needed them to do. They were not equipped to go out and evangelize the world. They could not do it on their own strength. They couldn't do it on their own power. Without the Holy Spirit, they were not prepared. You see, we can do nothing without God. I can't. You can't. Even the apostles can do nothing without the power of God. Jesus is saying here that God is going to pour out His Holy Spirit on the church, that they would be baptized in the Spirit, and they would be baptized with power. And then, and only then, could they go out and shake up the world with the gospel. We see here that they, they go back to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives where they are united in prayer. Verse 13 says, And when they had entered, they went into the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Simon, Judas. With one accord, they were devoting themselves in prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. 
And the Bible says that when the day of Pentecost came, a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind of God filled the entire house where they were, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I've got to tell you here that this says that they went into the upper room. I, when, I was, when, I've been in, when I was in Jerusalem and we went to the upper room, and there's, there's speculation about where the exact positioning of the upper room was, but historically, they think they have a pretty good idea, especially with some modern-day archaeology, with some things that they've uncovered. They do believe this is the, the place of the upper room and, and where this took place and where the disciples met. And I have to tell you, from a personal experience, this is the most Spirit-filled place I have ever been as an individual. I've never been moved more by the Spirit than being in this this one specific place. And I wasn't really expecting that when I was there. But once I was there, I, I was just moved. I was forever changed by the experience that I had in, this, in the upper room. And, and then when you think about what exactly happened here, whether it happened in that specific place I, I was in or not, we know the events of this happened and how they have changed the world. This is, this is the movement. This is where the church started. This was what they were commanded to do. They were commanded to wait on this specific time and then they would receive the power from God. You see, the Spirit helps us overcome our fear and it drives us to evangelize. And this is the same thing that happened with the apostles. The Holy Spirit fell upon them. They were given power. Jesus had prophesied this very thing to them, telling them that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and then you will be my witnesses. An age-old question in the life of the church is, how do we get our people, how do we get the church to evangelize to the lost? You know, some recent studies say that only 5% of saved people ever attempt to win another person over to Jesus Christ. You see, many people think, well, that's the preacher's job, or that's the, the, the deacon's job, or, or their elders in their church. But here's the thing, the Bible teaches that every believer is a minister, that every believer is to spread the gospel. We all have our own gifts, but we are all called to be a witness for Christ. You see, New, New Testament evangelism hasn't failed. My question is, I question how much it's actually applied. How much do we actually do? as Christians, to go out and to save the lost. If we truly are heartfelt and know what the people of the world face at the end of their life or at the moment of Christ's return, we should be motivated by love to spread the gospel. The more and more that we step out in faith, being receptive to the Holy Spirit, our fear will shrink and shrink. The devil does not want us talking about Jesus. If you are out somewhere and you are tugged on by what we would think would be the Holy Spirit to say, hey, go talk to that person about Jesus, I can promise you there is nothing in the world and there is no demon or the devil would tell you to go talk to somebody about Jesus. That is being led by the Holy Spirit. It is us being receptive to the Holy Spirit. But just knowing 
that we are supposed to witness and how we are supposed to share the gospel, even if we know how to do that, it doesn't mean that we will actually go out and do it. Even if you had a doctorate in divinity, that doesn't mean you're going to be motivated to go out and share the gospel. You may be prepared, but how motivated are you? How controlled by maybe fear are you of what somebody might think or what somebody might say? The one thing, the only thing is, is that our job is to be witnesses for Christ. And we cannot do it without Him. We cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. These disciples could not do it apart from Him, and neither can we today. We must have the power from on high. We need to be able to say, Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you. We must be in prayer. We must be to a point where we say, God, use me. Use me to help advance your kingdom. The prayer should be, what would you have me to do, O Lord? If we can honestly say that and we can go to God and say, it doesn't matter what else happens. What would you have me to do, O Lord? And I will do that. That is to the point at which we should be as Christians. You see, we see this work. We see this in in Peter. Peter, right before Jesus is crucified, while he is on trial, Peter denies Jesus three times. But on this day of Pentecost, after they have witnessed Christ resurrected, after the Holy Spirit has fallen upon them, it tells us that Peter preached and 3,000 were saved and baptized that very day. What is the difference? What is the difference between being scared and being bold? And the difference is the power of God within each one of us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that can move us to do great and mighty things, not by our power, but by the power of God that dwells within us. Acts 2.41 says, Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to the number that day. They were filled with the Spirit of God. And so many people can talk about everything else in the world, what they're concerned with, what the problems are. But how many times do we actually take the opportunity to advance the kingdom of God, to share our faith with Jesus? our faith about Jesus with the world. People will never witness until they are empowered by the Holy Spirit to do so. You see, as Christians, when we are not led by the Spirit and we try to do things on our own strength and with our own power, like witnessing to other people, we fail when it's on our own accord. When we fail, when we try to do things with our own strength. But the Bible says that if we are filled with the Holy Spirit, that God will empower us and that we can do great and mighty things. Now, I hope you're listening. You can trace every act of every missionary, of every Christian back to this very moment in the books of Acts. That 2,000 years ago, the power of the Holy Spirit fell upon these men and these men did mighty and great things, not by their own power, but by the power of God that resided in each one of them. 
And we have to ask ourselves today, are we going to be lukewarm about sharing our faith with the world, especially in a time that is so dire where people need help, where people need more than help, where people need hope? We are the hope and the light of the world. It is our job to share the grace and the mercy and the love of Christ. If you're going to be faithful, if you're saying, yes, Lord, use me, type amen right now. Type amen so everyone can see that you are agreeing to that. Are we going to be bold in sharing our faith? Are we going to yield to the Holy Spirit to say, yes, use me? And if we choose not to share our faith, it means that we are choosing to live below our privilege as children of God. You see, we are ambassadors of our faith. We are ambassadors of the gospel. You know, the devil wants us to think that God can't use us, that, that God will use somebody that's, that's better, somebody that's more educated, somebody that, that looks more the part or, or fits some sort of other image that we might have. But we see throughout the Bible over and over that God uses ordinary people in extraordinary ways. And that's you. If you're out there today and you're questioning your ability to share your faith, you have to know that God uses ordinary people in extraordinary ways. God will not only use you, but many times He will even wear us out using us. God is looking for somebody who is, who is willing and if we are willing and we are able to step out in faith, God will continue to use us. Remember what Jesus says, to, a little, to those, to those who, who are faithful with a little, much will be given. The same is there. If you want to make an impact for God, we must step out in faith. You see, we don't all share our faith the same way. We don't all share our faith with the same words. We don't all share our faith with the same actions but we all share our faith with the same power. And that power is through the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't all have the same gifts. We don't all have the same calling, but we are all called to share our faith in Jesus Christ. And we are all called to do that with the world. The purpose of the church is to bring them in to raise them up, and to send them out. The church is not on this earth only to meet people's needs. Now that is a part, and that is a way to get people, some people to listen. But our number one goal is to keep people out of hell. C.T. Sud said this, Some people want to live within the sounds of the church and the, church and the chapel bell. I want to run a rescue shop within one yard of hell. Powerful. And at some point, all Christians should be that. Like I said, we all have our different callings. We are all called to evangelize to the world. If our end game is not to lead people to Christ and to help them walk in their faith, then we are absolutely wasting our time. Our time is so limited so many times we always say, well, 
well, tomorrow, man, maybe this, we make an excuse and we make excuse about talking to people about our faith. We make excuses about stepping out. We make excuses about reading the Bible. We make excuses about praying, but we must remember what James tells us in, the, in his book. He says that our life is but a mist. It is here for a moment and then it is gone. I want to talk to you for a moment about boldness. I tell you, when the Holy Spirit filled the disciples, as we talked about, Peter got up and preached. And people were asking questions at that time. They were saying, what is different about these people? As a matter of fact, they even say, they must be drunk. That's how big of a change there was and what was happening with these people. They went from one element to the other element. And they said, oh, they must, be, they must be drunk. But they were not drunk. They were under the influence and the power of the Holy Spirit. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. We must be bold in the Holy Spirit. And we must be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, You have to love me more than your mother and your father or your brothers and sisters or your houses or your land. You have, I have to be number one in your life. Many people do not follow Jesus after that. And even his own disciples at that point did not know what he meant. They were afraid. And we see that even after his death, they were afraid and fearful. That maybe the same thing that happened to him might happen to them. But look at the difference. And what happened and the perspectives of the apostles after his resurrection and after the Holy Spirit was poured out on them. The Bible is clear and it says that they stood up boldly and proclaimed the gospel. You know, I talked about this a minute ago and I want to elaborate on this. Many Christians say, well, I don't have all the words and, and maybe I'm not as eloquent in speaking it uh, to, to be able to, to share my faith. And I, I don't know scriptures. And I have two things to say about that. Number one is all you need to know is more than the person that you're talking to. Because if you're a Christian and they're not, the chances are really good that you know more than they do. And if they ask a question that you're not sure of, I'm sure as a Christian, you know somebody that you can take them to that can help them answer that question. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, and remember, Paul is accredited writing almost half of the New Testament. He says this in 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, he says, And when I came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech and wisdom. For I decided to know nothing amongst you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of the power, so that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You see, even Paul, that was subject to persecution and death, and even fear of talking to these individuals that were open to hearing what he had to say. He still felt the same thing that we all feel. So many times we think, well, 
Those were the apostles. Those people were chosen by God to, to speak his word. They, they didn't have any fear. But if we look at scripture, if we look at the Bible, we can see with Peter denying Jesus and them running away, we must remember that only one apostle was at the crucifixion. So when they had Jesus and they had him crucified, only one of the 12 disciples was even there when he died. They dealt with the same thing that we deal with. The difference is, it's what they were willing to do. What they were willing to yield to the Holy Spirit to do through them made all the difference. You see, everyone who has repented and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ is saved. But it is one thing to be saved, and it is quite another to be surrendered to the Holy Spirit. I want to say that one more time. You see, everyone who has repented and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ is saved, but not everyone has yielded to the Holy Spirit. If you have a burden in your heart for the lost, if you want God to use you, to fulfill the Great Commission, that's what we call it, the Great Commission, is to take the name of Jesus to every nation, to every human being on this planet, so that the King, the Son of God, can return to this earth and take us to a rightful place. If that's you today, I want you to join me in prayer. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for its power. Lord, we thank you that we don't have to trust and rely on our own elegant words or our own elegant actions, eloquent actions, or try to be some sort of wise or sly or all of these things that we, these faces that we try to be, we try to put out and put on, but that we can just yield to the Holy Spirit, that we know that your power will work through us. And that when your power works through us, it is greater than anything we could even possibly imagine, Lord. And we come together right now and we yield ourselves to you. We yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. We ask that the Holy Spirit would move through us and do mighty and powerful things. The things that we see in the book of Acts, Lord, we pray that the Spirit would move within, within Christians today. And that a great and mighty harvest of people would move towards repentance, that they would believe in you, Lord Jesus, and they would repent of their sins. Lord, I pray that everyone that's praying now, I pray, Lord, that you would make us bold, not by our own power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit that we are yielding to. And Holy Spirit, we yield to you. We thank you. Guide us and direct us in our lives. And make us, Lord, fully devoted followers of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I hope that this message today reveals some sort of encouragement. I hope that in the days to come, you continue to yield to the Holy Spirit. So many times and so many denominations that are out there discount the power that the Holy Spirit 
has for each one of us. It is like going into battle and not taking the best weapons that you can have. It's like going, it's like taking a knife to a gunfight. We have to understand that the power and the Holy Spirit is there. The, the power of the Holy Spirit is as active today as it was in the first century when the apostles were there. All we must do as Christians is yield to that. To be receptive to the Holy Spirit to work through us for the glory of God. We'd love to hear from you. So be sure to always email us or message us. I would ask too that you like, share, subscribe so that this message can reach more people for Christ. God bless you.